coming up today. On Podcast 1991, Zika deliveries in Europe, Volvo and Starbucks charge network is launched, and the Fiat 500e for the USA. Plus, stay tuned, because later in the show, I'll tell you about what Australia is telling their EV owners to do over the holiday period. Well, I'm Martin Lee. It's EV News Daily, and I go through hundreds of articles, feeds, and stories a day, so you don't have to. We're live at 8am UK, that's 5am Eastern, to start a brand new day with all you need to know. Patreon supporters get the episodes first, though, as soon as they're ready and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. We'll start with news of Zika starting deliveries of its vehicles in Europe, beginning in the Netherlands. The first European model delivered earlier this week was the Zika 001. It's their flagship shooting break. Now, they announced their European strategy, uh, their market entry in April 18th earlier this year, focusing on two models, the 001 and the Zika X. Now, the Zika X is an urban SUV. The 001 is priced at €59,500 in the Netherlands. The X is cheaper by about fifteen grand at €45,000. Now, next year, Zika wants to expand their presence to six European countries, with plans to increase that to eight by the following year in 2025. A new Zika Centre, which is somewhere you can go along and experience the cars, is opening in Amsterdam in three days' time, December 14th. The first 11 months of the year, Zika did pretty well. They've delivered about 105,000 vehicles, about 75% up on the same time last year. So Zika on a bit of a rip. Their cars look very compelling. We'll see how the European market takes to another Chinese brand coming here. But hopefully it goes well for them. Now, this is big news today. I can't wait to tell you about this. Ohio opened the first EV charging station funded by Biden's $5 billion National EV Charging Network Initiative. The development aims to enhance confidence in people driving EVs by providing convenient, Fast chargers on major highways, slow government-led deployment contracts with the rapid expansion by private entities affecting Biden's goal of EVs to be half of all new car sales by 2030 has been an issue. The 2021 infrastructure law put funds into the NEVI program, N-E-V-I program, uh, to put fast chargers near federal highways. Well, 26 states participated in the program for funds, 17 solicited bids, and seven did conditional awards of $101.5 million. Ohio has received $140 million over five years. They're leading the way in Ohio with over two dozen highway charging stations planned by the end of next year. Now, many states are still in the initial stages of deploying their charging infrastructure and the planning station. So for Ohio to open up their first one today, to say, right, it's the NEVI funding, the first of these government charges is open, that's great news. Now, federal bureaucracy, like the establishment of certain standards, the staffing of the Joint Office of Energy and Transportation has all held things up a little bit. State transportation officials face challenges due to lack of experience and resources in managing charging infrastructure. It's a thing that the private sector has a lot of experience with, and yet the public sector, if I may call it that, is coming up to speed. Hopefully close collaboration means that uh, these kind of issues can be worked through. Utilities also get issues like new transformers. And also, lengthy local construction permitting processes. One of the things that many local areas can do is speed up permitting and push those things through that can take months 
and sometimes years, by the way. Now, the clause in the Nevi funding requires the production, US-based production of the charging equipment. Uh, the Joint Office's Executive Director says they're happy with the current pri- play, uh, pace of deployment. Uh, private investment in EV charging infrastructure in the US is at about 24 billion euros. And so the US needs about, well, some studies say up to 30 million charge ports generally available of various speeds. There's a big gap between where we need to get to, but we will get there. And as I always say, it's about use case, like what kind of charger needs to be in what kind of location and what are you going to do with it? Not everything has to be an ultra fast, all bells, whistles, charger. If you're at a location for two, three hours, needs a certain type of charger. If you're at a location for 10, 12, 14 hours, needs a different kind of of charger. Okay, let's talk about this great news today as well. Volvo USA collaborating with Starbucks today opened their first of their joint EV fast charging network stations. These are charge point units, by the way, and they go up to 200 kilowatts, which is super nice. The network features 50 of these Volvo Starbucks branded DC fast chargers. It's a 15 Starbucks on a 1,500-mile stretch from Denver to Seattle, every 100 miles or so. The initiative offers EV drivers a series of convenient locations to recharge themselves and their vehicles. Now, Volvo's fully electric models are fully integrated with things like Google and the ChargePoint app to enable easy locations of these. There's Chatamo and CCS on both of them. Interestingly, The network is run by Volvo's operations centre. And so Volvo have skin in the game. And Volvo say, we can't afford for these to be out of order or in poor maintenance. And so they'll have virtual and in-person monitoring to resolve these issues. The charging route includes several of these federal opportunity zones, enhancing charging access in communities that otherwise lack this infrastructure. Great news there. Okay, let's move on and talk Hyundai Kona Electric for the USA 2024 model year. One of the most cost-effective EVs in the US, starting at $33,000. Upgrading the Kona with a larger design. They've fixed the issue with the boot being the trunk, I should say, a little bit bit too small and some rear leg room issues. It's why we sold ours last week, by the way. Loved that car. Loved it. Loved it. More More than loved it. But... You know, you know, we adopted a little baby girl this year. Life has been hmm, busy for the last two months, but uh, with just push chairs, and we've got a little boy as well, um, and it just doesn't fit. And so, reluctantly, enormously reluctantly, we sold the Kona. New one looks like they've solved those space issues, so it should be a good family car. Uh, they've got some new of the EV features that you would have seen on the other Hyundai EVs, like the pixel elements on the front and the back and the seamless horizon daytime running lights. The length has got bigger by 6 inches, 15 centimetres, uh, 3 inches of legroom in the second row. That's crucial. That's going to make a huge difference in this new design. A flat floor design as well, more head and shoulder room. Cargo space up by 33% and with the back seats folded, now 64 cubic feet of space. Dual touchscreens in front of you, very much like a mini Arnic 5 now. Dual 12.3-inch touchscreens and also 
all the EV features that you should get, like finding nearby chargers. It's got wireless Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. One pedal driving comes to the Kona now, dual climate control, heated and ventilated front seats, heated steering wheel. A base model starts at 32675, uh, but you want the top model don't you? Um, you want the big battery, 64.8 kilowatt hours, 261 miles EPA range on that. It does go up to 41,000 for the premium limited model. Uh, Hyundai recently announced the leasing deals as well, starting at $259, which then gets you access to the federal tax credit, which they wouldn't otherwise get access to. Another great bit of news, and that Fiat and Stellantis, their owner, have decided to bring the Fiat 500e back to the USA. And we get this car here, it's a brilliant car. We're looking at what we should do with our driveway now. The Kona was sold last week. We've still got the MGZ SEV. So what do we do? We think we need to go big car, small car, because we've had two family cars. We've had the Kona and the MG uh, for the last two years uh, and a bit, and, and that's two similar cars. We should have a, a bigger car and a city car. And we are seriously looking at either an old used i3 or an older used Fiat 500. The new Fiat 500 is nice, and the new red version, Fiat 500e Red, is the debut one they're taking to North America. I'm delighted, because people keep telling me, oh, small cars don't sell well in the US. And I look at all the big cities there, and I go, why on earth do you tell them? I know it's truck culture and all that, but come on. And Stellantis agrees. The Fiat 500 comes back not as a compliance car, but as a really, really good Properly designed, ground-up EV, 42-kilowatt-hour battery, 11-kilowatt onboard charger, and 150 miles or so, 250 kilometers, official EPA range, but I'll go further than that. Available in Stellantis North America showrooms in the first quarter of next year, and that will expand as well. Finally, before we take a quick break, we'll talk about LEVC. They make London black cabs. They're owned by Geely you know, Volvo Polestar fame. Now, LEVC, very famous for London black cabs, which are hybrid, by the way, range extenders. Uh, They are now introducing what they call the X-Space MPV. This is really cool. If you need a big eight-seater, this van looks great. Please, please sell this thing everywhere. It looks very, very useful. Airport runs, shuttle runs, big families. Uh, They've called it the L380, and they say because it's as roomy as an Airbus A380, which, as car names go, is tenuous. But either way, it's called that. Has a 200-kilowatt motor, an NMC battery from CATL, so the bits inside it are good. 3.2-metre wheelbase, and you can either have it with four rows of two seats, which differs for a typical eight-seater van. This is a big van. Um, We have different configurations inside as well. Made in China, uh, the Zhejiang Zhejiang plant, uh, which is where LEVC also make the London TX taxi range extender. The battery size, the driving range, not specified yet. We'll keep an eye on this van. It's on the SOA platform, the space-oriented architecture platform from Geely's uh, the parent company, they've also got a platform called the SEA platform, underpinning all the Geely Group cars. It, it, this is derived from that, if you like. Now, that platform, if I'm right in thinking, can go up to 120 kilowatt hour batteries. And so somewhere maybe between 100 and 120 would be, I think, a sweet spot for a big eight-seater fan. Um like this. That's ah, so cool. I love that we're talking about edge case stuff like big EV 
vans, people carriers. I love it. Obviously, we've only got four to move around, but I would love a van on our driveway because family life, we live near the beach here in Poole. We're always out and about. And if things like this were on the market and affordable, if, like, if the buzz had been out a bit longer and we could afford an ID buzz, we would, but it's way out of our price range. And it's just stuff like that. I don't really want to get a plug-in hybrid. I guess there's things like the Mercedes EV tow. That's a van, but it's expensive. The EQV, no chance, can't afford that. So we would love van life, by the way. Not that we've got six to carry around, but just all the stuff that we take with us. Right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about progress for VW's Gigafactory in Canada and whether you think we need to all just get along a little bit better over the holiday period. Stick around. Back in a sec. So if you did hear an advert there, and we don't always serve adverts. I don't know what adverts you get, by the way. It depends on your IP address. I have nothing to do with it. And so if you'd like to skip ads in the future, you can sign up to our Patreon. We are powered by Patreon. It's it's individuals like you, incredible people uh, like you and businesses and organizations uh, that pay my wages. This is the only way I make money. And so thank you so much for doing this, because otherwise <laughs> I wouldn't have to do other things. Um, and so thank you so much. If you want to uh, get your ad-free feed, your own custom RSS feed for your pod app, uh, you can do that. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Daily. Let's talk a little bit about Stellantis and battery swapping. Really curious question for me. Does battery swapping work outside of China? I mean, I know, yes, it physically works. You know, Neo are un- unveiling their third-gen battery swaps. We'll talk about that at some point, maybe at the weekend. Um, but in uh, outside of China, uh, we've got battery swapping here in Europe. Does it really need to be rolled out? Ample would say yes. Ample are a battery swapping company. And Stellantis have partnered with Ample to introduce battery swapping to some of the Stellantis cars. The whole process takes under five minutes and discussions are ongoing to expand this across the Stellantis fleet and global markets. So for now, it's a pilot program. They've outfitted 100 of their Fiat 500 vehicles and... Uh, in Madrid, actually, in Spain, uh, with their free-to-move, that's free, then the number two, then the word move, car-sharing service. Now, the Fiat 500E, mentioned it already on the pod today, it's their best-selling EV at Stellantis, and that's the focus of these battery tests. Ample's batteries, they say, are easily integrated. They replace the original batteries in any EV. They're light, lightweight battery-swapping technology. It's easily scalable, and it's very quick as well. They say it's cost-effective and that you can do it on a subscription basis. It reduces the cost of EVs to buy them because you're not buying the most expensive bit of the EV, which is the battery. And I've had two Renault Zoes on battery lease, and I still still had people go, huh? When I said, oh, we lease the battery. And they were like, what, so you don't own the car? I said, no, I know we own the car, but we lease the battery, which is integral to the car. The car doesn't work without the battery, obviously, but that bit's not mine. That's Renault's. And people would go, huh? So a lot of people can't get their head around battery leasing. And I understand that, which is why Renault got rid of it ultimately and started when we owned our last Renault Zoe were calling me offering me buyout deals for me to own the battery no thank you Renault you can have that if it goes wrong you can put a new one in right let's talk a bit a little bit about a company that I saw last week I was working up at Silverstone which is the motor racing circuit here and uh, I looked out the window I was working at the Silverstone Museum actually last week I looked out of the window I saw Lunas lit up a big Grey factory with their big yellow logo on the side. Lunas is based there. I thought, I must pop in 
and find out more about what they're doing because they're set to double their clean tech workforce up to 350 people in the next couple of years. They were established in 2018. Lunez began with just five employees in a 7,000 foot square foot space. Now it's a 250,000 square foot factory with upcycling and electrification of vehicles. Lunez and their headquarters there at Silverstone, they say it's the world's only, only facility dedicated solely to industrial vehicle upcycling and industrial vehicle electrification. Upcycling existing industrial vehicles with Lunas technology reduces the embedded carbon and costs compared to new vehicles. The sector will grow tenfold, they say, in the next five years. And many vehicles have a long life in terms of the actual vehicle itself, but... They want to go electric, in fact, and take the diesel out and put an electric powertrain in. And they say there's nothing wrong with your vehicle putting your powertrain in. From its modest beginnings, they want to upcycle. They aim to upcycle 1,100 vehicles annually and expand globally. Like I say, maybe I'll reach out next time I'm working up that way. Pop in, maybe do an interview, Saturday special or something, and find out more about what they're up to. And finally, maybe we should all be. A little more courteous over the holiday period. Australia's motoring group, the NRMA, I saw today sending out a message to Aussie EV drivers and asking people ahead of time to be considerate and to practice good etiquette over this holiday season. With over 100 DC fast chargers in New South Wales and a growing national network funded by the federal government, they're emphasising that EV charging bays and not parking spots. That EV charging bays are not somewhere to just stick your car if you're not charging your EV. Last Christmas, certain places in Australia had long queues and drivers got disgruntled at charging stations. Now, over 80,000 new EVs have been sold down under this year. Uh, That outpaces the installation of DC fast charging. And so they're saying, listen, if you don't need to charge to more than 80%, then don't. Uh, They don't want to hear about stories of charging rage over the Christmas period. Some places in the UK here have had charging marshals, not because the the tabloids said it was because of charging rage. And it wasn't. It was because the chargers are often in a part of a car park, which is a working part of a car park. And so people would come in and literally sort of clog up, block up the motorway services because where they... There's no queuing lanes for EV chargers. And so... That's why the UK motorway services, a couple of them at least, had a few uh, girls and guys in high-vis jackets telling people to, you know, park this way. It wasn't because people were punching ten bells out of each other. But still, uh, they're saying to Aussies, think about how far you charge. Don't charge to 100% because that's massively unnecessary. And it can turn a charging session from 45 minutes into two or three hours if you insist on going to 100%. Many EV owners want the idea of idle fees on DC fast chargers like Tesla have introduced and ChargeFox have introduced as well. In Western Australia, that trial in WA has gone down really well. And it's they found that people have got the hang of it and been like, oh, right, so I unplug 80 90%, I move on. That's great. Good customer and consumer education going on there. We like like it. Well, that's our podcast for today. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a 
self-charging hybrid.